1: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, uh, today I have my friend Jennifer Walter Waters with me, and uh, we're going to bring out the big dogs today. Ow, 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 ow. I, I, okay. <laughs> Not that great, but we're going to bring out, we're, I'm sure we're going to be end up talking about dogs um, as well as a lot of other stuff because Jennifer is one of those people that just really has an amazing story and uh, you will be able to see and learn from her and her life and be able to apply that into your life as well and so the fact that you're listening to this right now means there is something that you need to hear in this episode so stay tuned as we roll that episode now you are jamming with jason mefford where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people some are famous Some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Jennifer. (laughs) Hello, my friend from the frozen north. (laughs)
0: Hello. I need to come visit you and soak up all that sunshine.
1: I know it's it's uh you know I'm down here in southern sunny california you're up in in northern upper peninsula michigan so it's starting to get a little bit cold up there uh it literally it is going to be like the frozen tundra for you probably in a few weeks
0: it is for for months and months it's going to be just snow every day
1: yeah but it's 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 uh you know I'm I'm thankful to have you you know to be talking with you because again you're one of those people that I've learned a lot from already and that I know a lot of people are going to learn a lot more from as well but your story especially right and so I th- I think it's you know because kind of joking about the frozen tundra but you haven't always been up in the frozen tundra right, right? <laughs> why do I live in the frozen tundra? Why do you live in the frozen tundra? (laughs) And there's, there's a whole story, (laughs) right. For, for how you kind of got there as well. So maybe just, just give people kind of the, the, you know, the thumbnail sketch of how you ended up there. And then let's kind of dig in about some of the lessons that you've learned, some of the lessons that you're still learning as well, you know, as you, as you've gone through, these different phases of your life really for kind of the last two, three, four years. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me, by the way. It's so good to talk to you. Um, we could talk about dogs for days. So I'm just going to warn you about that. Now you're going to have, and to we're going to get the there. We're going to we get start there. talking about dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: But the dogs do have to do with, you know, why I live in, Northernmost upper peninsula of Michigan. Some people probably have to look that up. What is there's an upper peninsula of Michigan? They, you know, most people don't even know that. But um, I have lived in Chicago. I've lived on the East Coast. Uh, most recently in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for the last 16 years. And my life really hit a, a stopping point kind of when my son turned 18. My youngest son. I have two kids. Um, and something just dramatically shifted as soon as he turned 18 and it became clear that I didn't need to keep living life the same way that I'd always lived it, which was very much, you know, in the rat race, kind of in the, you know, corporate climb in the busyness. Um, I did everything for my kids. I showed up for all the events. We were constantly busy. There was never any downtime. Um, you know, I I never really had much time to myself. It was very much focused on the family and just keeping that moving. And um, it just was very, very busy. And as my son turned 18, and I realized that both my kids were now adults, they were responsible for themselves, something shifted and it just became clear that it was time for a new life and i actually clearly heard that in my mind it's time for a new life and what started to happen it it, this wasn't something that i logically thought of this was signs that started happening shifts that started happening things that started falling into place for me um what started happening is that i became more and more directed toward nature. And it became very important to me for that all that busyness in my life, I had become very disconnected from nature. And what I started to realize was that nature was the place where I felt the best, where I could reconnect to myself. Finally, after so many years of being somebody else's employee, being a mom, you know, being a wife for most of that time, Um, being a neighbor, being, you know, a family member, I got to reconnect to myself and who I really was when I was in nature, when I got to slow down, when I got to, you know, just feel the sun on my face and the wind on my skin. Um so I kind of um (laughs) was given this crazy idea that what I really wanted was wild nature outside my door um, I really asked myself I really sat down and asked myself what is it that I truly want if my life is shifting this dramatically now where it's like this stopping point um, where you know before I was raising kids and now I'm not really they adults what is it that I really want and what came through was wild nature outside my door and I started to look for a new place to live and I really was drawn to the Keweenaw Peninsula of the upper peninsula of Michigan. And I can't, like I said, it's not logical. It's a very different culture here. It's um, not as many resources. It's not a place where I grew up and I, I had even not even visited it, um, but I kept being drawn to the land and it was so strong that I couldn't not do it. I couldn't not make this move. And what happened is once I finally realized that I was being drawn to this land and that it was because I wanted wild nature outside my door and that I trusted whatever this call was, I trusted that I could at least try it out because nature had started to become so important to me and and had helped me recenter so much. When that happened, when I finally just kind of surrendered to that, The perfect house fell into place the perfect sale for my existing house fell into place the perfect timing for the move fell into place and i now live on lake superior in a tiny little house that has a view of the keweenaw bay with my dogs and we have several acres to run around and i have bald eagles around me all the time turkeys deer acres of, you know, pine trees to walk through, I have 20 apple trees, I just counted them yesterday, because I didn't know how many I had, but I went and I picked <laughs> apples. And sometimes on my on the way to my mailbox, I pick raspberries and thimbleberries, as you know, snacks, like just foraging from the land and connecting with old growth pine trees and watching the eagle soar. And it is the most amazing thing that has ever happened to my life. But also, it's the thing that I probably planned the least hmm. I allowed it to happen and it became the truest most wonderful thing that, you know, has ever happened in my life.
1: Well, and I, and I want to go there cause I've, I've got lots of questions, <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> and, 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 and I know more of your story just being your friend, you know, as well, but I, I think it's, what you're kind of describing, right, I mean, we all go through these different kind of inflection points in our life, if you want to call them, right? Uh-huh. I mean, something happened when your son turned 18 and you had a shift, right? It's a, It was an inflection uh-huh. point in your life where, you know, again, you had the choice to realize and go, hold it, my kids are adults now. And like you said, I've always been somebody's, you know, wife, or employer or mother or whatever. And that's, that's where your life and the busyness of life had, had been focused. Right. Cause right. you did well. I mean, you were, you were doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I killed you, it. You know. <laughs> I
0: put everything into that. You know, <laughs> I, I put everything into it and left very little for myself.
1: Well, and that's the thing, right? Because you, you left very little for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so now at this inflection point, it's like, Okay, well something needs to change, right? And you you heard it's time for a new life. You know, that you want wild nature outside my door. And what's interesting and I mean I'm still trying to learn all of this stuff too and and I'm sure everybody that's listening wants to know is you know, you started getting these little hints, these little things, right, that that were happening how does it, how does it come? Right. Or, or because I think a lot of times many of us are just oblivious being so busy and being busy that we're not listening. So how, how did some of these things kind of, kind of come to you Yeah. so that you kind of, you know, knew what does it mean to be drawn to that, you know, particular peninsula? How, how did that look?
0: How did that happen? Yeah.
1: How did that happen? Right. Because again, I, I think all of us, we have some yearning for something more but we're not listening a lot of the time you are have been listening and things have fallen in place perfectly
0: i learned to listen i wasn't listening at the time but i have learned to listen and i'm still learning um but what happened is you know i basically you know as happens probably to a lot of your listeners um my whole life kind of fell away that busyness got so extreme that it couldn't be sustainable anymore and my life crashed down around me i really lost everything i went through a divorce um, after 20 years and um, at the same time i lost my health insurance i lost my retirement savings um i lost you know some of my some of my ability to do work because I was left as a single mom, Um, lost a lot of my friends, lost my identity as you know, a wife and as a mother. Um, So kind of all those things happened at the same time. And it really just, you know, that's a kind of a rock bottom moment where it's like, I just lost all of this, I lost my future, I lost my future vision of who I was going to be, because you kind of plan that with your spouse you kind of know where you're you know you know where you headed together but then when you don't have that anymore you need to create a new future i didn't even have a future that i knew that i wanted to look forward to and in fact it got to i think a real, a real turning point was one of my friends asked me you know as i was going through this what makes you happy what is it that you enjoy doing and i didn't have an answer for her because i didn't know myself outside of a wife a mother a daughter, you know, a coordinator of all the sports events. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't know myself outside of that. And I literally didn't know who I was. And so in that, when you kind of, you know, for me, that was rock bottom, and what I turned to instinctively, partly it, it wasn't unknowing, it was partly because I had become so scared of people. Um, I just had so much anxiety around people. I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know what they were thinking of me. And I was, I was going through all this loss. And so I really felt very judged by a lot of people. And so I started to retreat. I started to retreat to nature. That was where I headed. So mm. I didn't hear a call. I didn't choose that. To me, that was the safest escape route. So I would drive maybe 30 minutes before I could find a trail where I could walk my dogs and just be alone and just you know, try and figure out who I was. And that was, that was the only time where my mind was quiet. Um, I was with my dogs. And every single time I went out on a walk with my dogs where there were no people around, I found that I was happier. So that's how it started. And as I realized that I was happier every time I went out in nature, I started to do more of that. I started to look into it. I, I wanted to know why. Am I happier in nature? I actually became very obsessed, I think because, I think one of the greatest things ever is that I lost my health insurance. And that sounds very scary. I know a lot of people around me were scared for me, but because I didn't have health insurance, I had to figure out ways to keep myself healthy and happy without prescriptions. And I think that is the best thing that ever happened to me because I started paying attention to what made me feel good and going out in nature made me feel good. But then I wanted to know, why? Why does it make me feel good? And so I researched it. I actually became very obsessed about knowing how to prevent depression, you know, recover from grief, um, stop, slow the aging process. How could I, what natural things could I do to stay happier and healthier? And so that actually, without me planning it, those circumstances, that rock bottom moment actually shifted the course of my life because I tapped into something that dramatically changed me, that dramatically improved me. And along the way, and this is where the dogs come in, it did the same for my dogs. So as I was retreating to nature to feel happier and healthier, I noticed that my dogs were also getting a lot of the same benefit. So that is where that call to nature started, and then as I started spending more time in nature, it became easier to start to listen because I allowed nature to do its healing because I knew that it was happening. So I, then I allowed it to do more of it. If that makes sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Well, and it's and it's interesting. Um because I, I I hadn't realized or I didn't know about the, the healthcare issue, you know, as well. And so if you, if you, you know, again, I'm just, I'm just stepping back, looking, looking as an observer, right. Is that, you know, you, you talked about, you know, giving everything to your kids and your marriage and all the stuff that was going on, you'd kind of numbed yourself to yourself because mm-hmm. you're so busy doing all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. There were some healthcare issues. You were taking some prescriptions those prescriptions were kind of numbing yourself probably as well. Right. And so the thing is you didn't, you didn't realize, you know, all of that stuff was going on and that you were, you know, kind of numbing yourself and detaching from yourself and had been detached from nature until everything got pulled out from underneath you. And you were forced then to find a different way. Right. Right. And, and, and it's then that, that coming back into nature and, and I, you know, I feel like that's a trend that's kind of going on Uh because even though I live in a beautiful part of the country, you know, I'm in a little postage stamp, you know, lot in suburbia in the LA area and we've got the ocean and other stuff. But I mean, I work from home, I do sit out in our back patio, but I'm not really, in nature right kind of like like what you were talking about as much of you know starting to go for some hikes or spending some more time outside and trying to actually reconnect with nature itself
0: so that's an important point though because i don't want people to think that they have to move out to the wilderness like i did in order to be around nature because that's not actually what needs to happen? It's not for everybody. What I ended up doing, I ended up moving. You know, we didn't mention this, but I ended up moving like nine hours away um, from my friends and family in my former life, and I knew nobody where I live now. I still don't know that many people. Um, it's very remote, very rural. That's not for everybody, and I'm very aware of that. I love it. I was here for it. You know, I was like, I want to see what this life is like, and it actually turns out that I I really love it, but. There is nature everywhere. We are nature. The bromelia that you have behind you is nature. The air that you're breathing is nature. The birds that you can see are nature. We just need to be conscious of that and reconnect to it in any way that we can because there is such healing in all of it, in whatever way you can find it. Even if you just you know, need to bring a house plant into your house, that is nature. The soil, has healing. Um, I'm going to call them essential oils. But like healing probiotics and essential oils, just in dirt mm-hmm. that you can smell and it will release, you know, it will trigger like happy hormones and, you know, improve your improve your mood. Um, even that is nature. So water is nature in any way that you can have it even if it's drawing a bath and just being very intentional about saying I'm connecting to water and whatever comes through just seeing do I feel better after I take a bath after I've connected to water Um, just being intentional about connecting to those elements and then seeing what happens you know recognizing how you feel before and after and then if it's a good thing if it's a positive thing doing more of that. And again, being intentional about connecting to more of that. So I know not everybody can move to the wilderness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and right now I can't, but it, it's funny because it brings up a, I, I, I do like nature. I mean, I like going out camping and hiking and there's been certain times in my life when I've done more of that. Right. In fact, up here on my, one of my vision boards, I've got a picture of me, you know, out hiking to remind me to get my butt out there you know, into nature and do that again. And I remember, you know, it was a few months ago, because like I said, I mean, the LA area, there's 20 or 25 million people here, right? I mean, you can drive for 50 or 60 miles, right? And I know for you, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, right? And it's like, I can I can drive, depending on which way you go, you can drive for a hundred miles and you're going to continue to see people and buildings and, you know, everything else. And so I kind of had this, this feel this one time, like, I gotta, I gotta get back out. I mean, I'm not in, I'm not in the physical shape that I was three or four years ago. I couldn't, I couldn't go out and, you know, hike 12, 15 miles in 10,000 foot elevation right now. Right. So I thought, well, you know, there's, we've got mountains very close to us here, an hour and a half, you know, I can be out in, in the mountains here outside of LA. So, so I get up, you know, again, with the intention of, okay, I'm just going to go for a drive this day, I'm going to drive up into the hills, and I'm just gonna be in nature. Okay. So I start driving up. And of course, I get there's only a couple of places here in LA where you can get up into the hills. So I go to the first one that's closer where I kind of had the intention or thought of where I was going to go. And I start to drive up the canyon. And there's police. And (laughs) they blocked off the Canyon for some reason. So there must've been some accident or who knows what. So they blocked it off. So I'm like, shit. Okay. So I come back down the hill a little bit. I drive along the foothills, go to the next place where I can really kind of drive up into the hills. Right. So I start driving up. I'm, I'm trying to kind of follow my intuition. Oh, oh, here's a, here's a great Vista area. This is going to be perfect. I pull off there's like one car that's there already and so I get off and I kind of go sit on the side of the hill the people go get in their car and they start to leave and I'm like yes this is fabulous right I can I can see for miles and literally it was like a minute later all of a sudden the ground starts shaking oh my gosh and a whole motorcycle oh. thing, like <laughs> I thought it was an I, earthquake. No, I called it like it was like a it was like an Asian motorcycle gang, right? They were out, they were out for a Sunday drive. There were probably 50 of them. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: That drive up and park right on that vista where I'm at. And then they're all, you know, they were doing some sort of celebration, I think, for somebody who'd passed away because they were taking mm. pictures, you know, with a picture of somebody. And you know, fine, but it, but it's just kind of so I was like, shit, right? So I get back in my car, I'm driving around, I'm trying to find another good place. I don't really uh, I, I, I go off, I, I find, I find this place that looks like maybe there's going to be a little bit of a trail. So I'm going to, I'm going to go in there and, and just kind of sit with myself and I get in there and I sit down, it's still close enough to the road <laughs> every so often. right? And it's like, okay, well, I can just kind of, you know, I can just kind of clear this out and, and I'll, I'll be fine. I'll just focus on it. And then, of course, uh, a a carload of of teenage girls gets there, and I'm in this little canyon area, and they start, right? And it's echoing everywhere. And so, finally, I'm like, fuck it. I get in my car. I drive back home. It's more peaceful at my home.
0: Right. Nature sucks.
1: That was was out in nature, right? Right. But to me, it was kind of the, you know, right, of just what you just said. Nature
0: it's all around
1: it's all around and actually mm-hmm. sitting on my in my back patio looking at the vegetation in in my garden yeah is much more connecting there's much more peace and quiet right even though i i live in a subdivision it's it's actually a very quiet place we never hear the neighbors. You know, oh, the free the, the freeways a couple more mi- you know a mile and a half mm-hmm. away sometimes we can kind of hear the mm, you know that but but for the most part i think like you said for everybody listening right it's more about just connecting with what you have available to right.
0: you right recognizing the, it the yeah
1: plants the plants mm-hmm. the dirt the you know the other things that are literally right around us we don't have to go to the mountains we don't have to drive to northern michigan to be able to to be in nature
0: right maybe
1: maybe talk a little bit more because I heard you say we've got to be intentional about connecting so what is what does that look like or what is it for people that that aren't familiar with what that
0: yeah I'm glad you asked that because that that kind of popped up into my head too as you mentioned something um when I was at my lowest and when I was you know having severe anxiety and depression and I was escaping to nature one of the only things somehow I you know I got the idea or I heard it somewhere, um, that gratitude is a good way to feel better, to ease depression, to ease anxiety. And so what I did was, as I was out walking, I was looking for things to feel grateful for, and it just so happened that a sunbeam, like the clouds parted one day, and a sunbeam hit my face, and I could actually feel the warmth of it on my skin and it felt so good and it just you know i was lost in my sad sad victim story thoughts but the sunbeam actually kind of broke me out of it and i was like oh that feels so good i actually felt like i was being touched by the sun no this wasn't a mystical experience or anything this was literally just the sun hitting my face but (laughs) i think i was so rock bottom at that point and it just felt so good that it it snapped me out of something and for a moment i felt such gratitude for that sun touching my face and i wanted more of that i wanted to be touched by the sun again if that makes sense and so i became very intentional about any time that the sun came out and i felt the sun on my skin i just took a moment and i was just thankful for it it was just grateful thank you son like i feel you i see you i recognize you and you know i'm receiving you and then it became I think one day I was walking in one of my favorite spots and I kind of got to the top of this hill and I was standing there again in my victim stories and I got hit by a blast of wind that actually felt again like I was being touched by the wind. It was just such a strong gust of wind. It caught my attention. That's what it was. It was It wasn't a mystical experience or anything. It just snapped me out of my thoughts and as I felt it and I recognized it, And I realized that that felt good I wanted more of that then I was grateful for it and so I I kind of um, started this practice of being grateful for those two things the sun on my skin and the wind feeling the wind on my skin and it grew from there because those actually were very transformative practices and the more I did it the more I found the more things that I found I could be grateful for, the better I felt, you know, I just, it just gave me moments where I was out of my victim story. I was out of my sadness, and I was feeling grateful. And so it really, it just grew from there. Um, And that's kind of how I, you know, in the end, I really ended up developing, starting from just that basic practice, I ended up developing a whole rewilding practice i mean now the connection that i have to the earth is beyond what i could even explain in this podcast maybe we'll do another one about you know connecting to the earth
1: we'll go a little deeper probably in the future we got to ease people into this yeah yeah because because yeah all of you listening you don't know what jennifer can do yet and we (laughs) will we'll probably get there at some point in the future but we just won't we won't tell you about it right now but but so 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 you use the term rewilding right Mm -hmm. which which again is probably a term that people haven't haven't heard about what do you what do you mean Mm -hmm. by that Rewilding. rewilding
0: so there are different concepts of rewilding but one involves like bringing animals back to their natural habitat that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is humans reconnecting to the earth to the cycles of the season to the cycles of the day to the sun to the to the water to the gratitude for the like the garden that you have to giving gratitude for those plants that are growing and nourishing you um to knowing where your food comes from we just within a few decades really um you know a couple generations have become so disconnected to the earth that we don't know where our food comes from we don't consciously uh give thanks to the like, we don't even recognize the nature around us. And we don't make it a practice to be connected to the earth. And again, I didn't know these things as as they were starting to happen. But I did, I became so obsessed with wanting to know why things were happening to me. that I then did the research after these experiences started happening. So that's how I, you know, have come to learn about rewilding. Um, And I just know from my own self that as I now live more in the wilderness, my body is more attuned to the cycles of nature. I literally am watching the flowers grow every day. And I'm understanding like, as they're poking through the earth, you know, in the early spring and they're growing and then they're changing throughout the season, throughout the summer. And then now as they're dying away in the fall, and then, you know, what happens in the winter, That cycle that the earth is going through is also a cycle that my body starts to go through. New things start happening in the spring for me. Summer is a season of, you know, like busy, busy activity. Fall starts to be a slowing down and a letting go. And then winter is a period of hibernation and kind of deep reflection. I am now more connected to the earth and to the cycle that for the entire history of humankind, the cycles that we have gone through it's only been in the last couple generations where Mm -hmm. we've lost that where we stay up all night on our computers where we're you know bathed in blue light where there's just no stop there's no rest period there's no fall there's no winter because nothing ever stops you know so
1: yeah and it's interesting because you know one of the greatest inventions was the incandescent light bulb but that's probably also (laughs) one of the most destructive in some ways as well right because you know for you know, millions or billions of years, you, you, we slow down and we go to sleep when it's dark because we can't see anything, right? And unless we're carrying right. around a, you know, a torch or fire with us, we can't see anything. So it would force us to kind of go to sleep, right? And to have, to be active during the day when there was daylight. Now, when you can just flip a switch, right? Everybody's circadian rhythms end up getting really screwed up. They have trouble sleeping, you know, all of this stuff, because yeah. like you said, we're kind of detached from nature. And, and what's interesting too, because as you were talking about like where our food comes from, right. Is, I mean, I grew up on a farm, you know, we had a little, my dad was a gentleman farmer, right. So he had a construction company, but we had, you know, some acreage that we would actually grow some things and raise some animals and things like that too. So, so I have the benefit of, of, of being kind of connected with that. And, and I was raised religious, right? So we'd always pray uh-huh. as a family before we would eat. Uh-huh. And usually, you know, the prayer was mainly, you know, we're grateful for this bounty that has been provided to us, blah, 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 you know, whatever kind of thing, right? But it, but a lot of the prayer or saying grace over food is, is about expressing the gratitude for that, right? And so, as I kind of left, you know, uh, religious experience, you know, kind of thought, well, a prayer like that, that's just bullshit. Right. But now as I'm trying to rewild myself, right. And starting to think about and expressing the gratitude for, you know, where did, where did that come from? Right. Cause we, we used to always joke one of my, one of my uncles moved back East when he was young. And so, when he'd come out with his, you know, East, East coast wife, you know, we, we couldn't say certain things, right? Like, no, they, they thought milk came from the grocery store, Well, we had cows, <laughs> right? And so we would milk the cows. And so there was like this whole foreign thing, like, I'm not drinking milk from a cow. I'm drinking milk from the store. Right. Like, right. Where the fuck, do you think it came from anyway? But anyway, <laughs> right but so that's kind of what you're talking about too with with the gratitude in general of just even starting uh-huh. to think about and reconnect with you know the food that we're eating the water that we're drinking you know what we're bathing ourselves with looking at the plants growing and and the other things like that as well and allowing ourselves to get back more into the rhythm of nature because like you said we're nature yeah. too so if we're trying to fight our normal natural tendencies then that's probably does bad things for our body as well
0: and and i'm guessing like that's
1: where yeah
0: well i was gonna say that's where the anxiety is just taking such a deep hold in us and the depression and you know just all the mental health issues uh, that we're having you know i believe a lot of it is this disconnect to nature and to who we truly are as nature Mm -hmm. and i just have had nothing but positive experiences as i've reconnected as my dogs have reconnected i mean i there was an interesting i think the world health organization um put out recently that we are now more urban we're a more urban species than we are rural so more people in the world live in urban spaces than they do in rural spaces. And that's a shift, you know, that obviously has happened in humanity, because it wasn't always like that. And because I work with dogs, my first thought was, so we have now moved to the city more than ever before. But our dogs have had to come with us, like they had no choice, but to come with us. So our dogs are now living in high rises. And they get down and they touch, you know, their paws on the ground, you know, maybe two or three times a day when they you know, go down in their elevators, or maybe they're just, you know, in a neighborhood and hanging out on couches all day until their, you know, parents get home and they take them for the obligatory walk around the neighborhood. <laughs> so not only have we connected from nature, disconnected from nature, sorry, but, you know, the animals that live with us have too. And we're seeing skyrocketing rates of anxiety, aggressiveness, um, destructive behavior in dogs as well. So There's such benefit all around to connecting to nature, but I don't think that it's, I think right now, the way kind of the way things are in society right now, I think the, you know, even vets um, are still just writing a prescription. You know, if your dog has anxiety, here's a pill. We're not conscious yet of the disconnect that we've created and the power of reconnecting to nature, that we are—we've disconnected ourselves from our mother, basically, our Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. She provided everything mm-hmm. for us historically, and we've disconnected from that. We've disconnected from even the idea of it, and certainly the gratitude of it, the the cycles of it, the rhythms of it, um, the negative ions of it. I mean, she has you know powerful energy um, that wild animals use to heal, and that we used to use to heal um we've just disconnected from all of that and it's taking a toll but i don't think we quite understand it yet you know i don't think that we as a society are seeing that it's this disconnect from nature that is creating all the mental health and anger and sadness and you know victim mentality that that we've got going on in the world
1: well yeah and like you said it's it's interesting because i mean humans have been domesticated and urbanized for for a long time right i mean we've been slowly moving since the industrial revolution more and more people going to the cities but like you said we have kind of crossed over that point where now there's more people in the urban areas than in the rural areas which probably does some counterbalancing in the energy on the earth anyway but mm-hmm. you know as as humans you know our health care and everything else right now we just take pills for everything When some of the things in nature can actually heal us without needing to take the pharmacology. Right. And so I know in, in your life, you know, you said when you lost healthcare, you had to kind of quit taking some of the prescriptions because some of those things are pretty damn expensive. Right. And so Uh it, it kind of forced you to find some other natural way of doing it. And again, I'm, I'm guessing I'm throwing it out there, but do you feel better now? being more connected to nature than you did when you were on all the pharmacology?
0: I feel amazing. I feel younger. I feel younger now than I did 10 years ago, probably. I have more energy. My mind is clear. You know, grief, if grief happens, grief happens. Grief is not a mental health issue. I know how to work my way through it. You know, I know the things that will help me you know bounce back depression not an issue anxiety i used to have such severe anxiety attacks when i was around people um you know i just don't experience any of that anymore and i but i know now where my medicine comes from mm-hmm. you know i it's not from a prescription pad if i needed i'm not saying that nobody should go to the doctor if i needed medical help i would i would get that first but i haven't needed medical assistance in the last seven years uh, because i've i know where my medicine has you know come from i know where to turn
1: yeah well and i think it's you know because you made reference to to the the effect on your dog and so let's start talking about dogs too because i know this is a big yeah big big passion <laughs> we ended for up you. talking about nature but well well but but dogs are nature too right and, and i think to, yeah. to me again this is what's. One of the i I've just heard anecdotally, so I don't have the science or data to to back it up, but you you might right because <laughs> you know a lot about dogs, but especially with you know, like you said, more of us moving urban um and especially with the pandemic and more people working from home, mm-hmm. us being locked away for that period of time mm-hmm. when we were really isolated, a lot of people got dogs right a yes. lot of people got dogs our, our son-in-law and daughter-in-law that or son and daughter-in-law they got a dog right during during that time and and so so let's let's you know now we're starting to incorporate you know whether you realize it or not having a dog having a cat, <laughs> having you know some sort of a pet or animal in the house is also nature right and it so
0: is, it's a powerful healing too Dogs. Dogs are a very healing presence too. But yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, more people than ever got dogs during the pandemic. Um, But unfortunately, because what those dogs are experiencing, a lot of them is a lack of socialization because people brought dogs into their house, but then they weren't allowed to take dogs out for kind of the normal experiences, the normal socialization experiences that most puppies and dogs would experience, so they didn't get to go to the dog park. They didn't get to go even to the vet in a normal way. You know, most people had to just kind of leave their vet, or sorry, leave you know, walk their dog to the door, and then the vet took them from there. Um, so, a lot of people got dogs, but oh, there are a lot of issues with those dogs, and if you gotta pandemic dog, <laughs> know that you're not alone, that, that you know, if if, it's, if it went great, that's wonderful. But if you are struggling with your dog's behavior, anxiety, uh, lack of socialization, you're definitely not alone because this is a huge trend that we're seeing, um, you know, in the pet industry now is that people are really struggling with the behavior of their dogs. And a lot of it is because of that lack of socialization, that lack of access to just, you know, getting outside um spending so much time inside and not being able to access trainers not being able to access each other you know and say hey <laughs> what's going on with my dog um and also i mean i think really the key thing is the increased anxiety in ourselves the increased depression in ourselves our dogs pick up on that and so through the pandemic when we were you know anxious and nervous and and fearful about everything going on and dealing with you know just depression and isolation we were pumping out hormones that corresponded to that and our dogs were picking it up because they can sense minute chemical changes in our bodies think about you know tracking dogs and the things that they can smell they can smell think about a seizure sensing dog who you know acts as a service dog and can you know tell a person of an impending seizure or an impending diabetic Um, episode, that's the level of scent that a dog has. And when we're sitting here pumping out anxiety and, you know, stress hormones, they're picking up on that. So it's been a complicated issue because a lot of people got dogs, but for our dogs, for the dogs that, you know, were brought into the homes, um, there's been a lot of negative repercussions of this you know this pandemic period and what i noticed with my own dogs when i went through this kind of you know this rock bottom that i was talking about when i i fell on my face that's what i called it like literally couldn't even complete a sentence or you know think a thought because i was just so deep in the in the depression what i noticed during that time period was that my dogs i had three dogs at the time they all got sick too So when I was at my lowest, all of a sudden, all three of my dogs were at their lowest, every one of them got sick, I actually started to say goodbye to one of them. And as I started to try and figure out things that made me feel better, I mean, I was kind of, you know, like I said, I was desperate to feel better. And I started, you know, researching things. What I noticed is that as I felt better, my dogs started to feel better, too. So as I healed, my dogs healed. And again, I didn't know that going into it, but I noticed it. And then I wanted to research it and find out, you know, what had happened. And that what I just talked about with the, you know, the energy that we're putting out and the hormones that we're putting out, that's what I discovered is that our dogs are mirrors of ourselves. So if we are putting out depression, stress, anxiety, sadness, chances are your dog might be mirroring some of that back to you. So, I heard somebody talk yesterday, or a couple of days ago about, um, she was talking about how controlling she was of her life. And she knew she wanted to change, but she was like, I'm, I'm very dominant in my life. I'm very, she didn't, I'm sorry, she didn't use the word dominant. She's very controlling. She wanted everything to go a specific way. And then her dog started barking. And she said, oh, and my dog, he, she's so dominant. I really have to take her to the trainer and get that fixed. And I thought, oh, right there. <laughs> she's putting out this controlling energy. She had just adopted this dog who became very dominant. It's a controlling energy that she was mirroring back to her. And so, so often, a lot of the issues that our dogs are having, if we could sit and look at the issues that we're having, it could be a two-for-one fix if your dog is mirroring back to you the issue that you're dealing with.
1: Well, what's interesting because I'm I'm sitting here thinking of it, and it's almost like dogs are kind of like the canary in the coal mine, a little mm-hmm. bit too, right? Is that because I know we were we were dog sitting for somebody uh, a few weeks ago, and what's interesting? I mean, you know me; I'm kind of a chill, laid back, calm kind of person, right? And so, the parents of this dog are a little, a lot more anxious, a lot more you know kind of thing so the the little dog is like anxious the most anxious dog i have ever seen in my life yeah. i have not seen a dog scared of everything like i do in this in this particular dog and what's interesting you know so i drop them off we watch them for you know her for i don't know 3 4 days the whole time that she's here she's just lounging around yeah. having it, you know, just laying out, just chilling the minute that the parents come back and walk through the door, the dog changes again, and yep. goes right back to doing yeah. what she was doing before. And so it's, it's interesting that, that again, if you have a pet, you can, you can probably, like you said, it's, it's the same thing with our human behavior as well. When I'm when i'm you know coaching people on leadership and stuff i use that mirror example too right like if somebody's being an asshole hold up the mirror what are you doing to be the asshole right. that's mirroring right. off of them right and so it's the same kind mm-hmm. of thing if your dogs are getting sick are we getting sick but you know like you said as you got healthy your dogs got healthy as well so we can kind of use them to almost like see what's going on with us but mm-hmm. there is a healing that happens by having the animals as well right
0: absolutely even you know even if they're anxious even if they lack socialization there's still such a healing you know no matter what's going on and I don't want anybody to feel bad like oh my God my dog is anxious and I'm anxious too this is my fault
1: yeah no 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 no. you know it's
0: it's just no and but it's an opportunity to, you know, look at your dog and say, well, what are the issues that my dog is having? And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's something that I need to address too. Um, but even in that, no matter what, there's such healing presence, presences. I really feel like, um, you know, again, going back to my lowest point. Um, I, I really, you know, through the divorce, um, my ex-husband had actually like purposely tried to make me feel unlovable like he wanted to make me feel not good enough because it made him feel better about himself and it had worked it wasn't something that i knew he was doing but he'd been doing it for years and so i came out of the divorce feeling very unlovable like that was just my identity was that i was an unlovable person and there was a day where i came home and all three dogs were just like dancing at the door, they were so excited to see me. They literally did this every single day. I mean, they could do it if I went to the bathroom and came back, you know, they'd be so excited to see me. But there was this one moment where I recognized what was happening and I was like, my dogs are dancing with excitement to see me. They love me. And that means that I am actually lovable. I am lovable. My dogs shifted that in me. I mean, what a gift be shown i I, that that belief was incorrect you know that i am lovable that's such a healing power and they could have been sick you know they could have been dealing with all sorts of things while they were still doing it but they still offered that healing to me so i actually you know i told you that i was obsessed about like figuring out how to heal how to be healthier and happier (laughs) in that moment I became obsessed about also figuring out how to make my dogs happier and healthier. So that kind of, from that moment on, it like shifted the course of my life. It was, I became obsessed with how I can be happier and healthier and then how I can do the same for my dogs in return, because I saw what they were giving back to me. And I I realized that for everything that they've given to me, I wanted to do the same for them. If I wanted to be happier and healthier, I wanted to do the same for them. And it's just been this amazing cycle or like circle kind of of healing as I healed, they healed, as they healed, I healed. And it just, you know, as I do things for them, and I see the results that they have, and they get better, it makes me feel better. And so it's just been a wonderful thing to tune into. Because there are moments when, you know, they do have something happens, um, you know, with maybe they're not as healthy one day, as they were the day before. And I really, I sit and I look at that, first and foremost and say, okay, what's going on around the house? You know, is there anything energetically? Where's my mood? Like, I start with that first, because I know that my energy, my emotions, my hormones, um, you know, could be the thing that needs to be adjusted. And so I look at that first. And then if not, you know, then obviously take them to the vet, get medical help, um, you know, do whatever you need to do. But it's an important factor that You know again i don't think a lot of us are are tapping into
1: no and i think it's it's beautiful it's that symbiotic and like you said cycle of healing you know again Mm -hmm. whether it's a dog cat garden plants you know whatever it happens to be that there there really is this cycle of healing as as we care for the plant the plant cares for us right we we expel absolutely carbon dioxide they need that they expel oxygen we need that right so there's this there's mm-hmm. this constant cycle you know of back and forth they need us but we need them as well right and when we start exactly. to recognize that and we start to honor that um it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful thing right
0: because we uh, are the same we are nature yeah you know we are nature. We, we are no different And the plants and the animals.
1: Well, and so I know you've got, you know, I know you kind of have already written like an ebook and you're looking at doing something that's a little bit bigger from a book perspective too. But um, you know, for some of the people that are that are listening too, I mean they they probably have been able to read in between the lines, but as we kind of wrap up, you know, for today, would love to leave people with, you know, one or two ideas of you know, something that they can practically do to help them connect more either with their dog or with nature in general Um, so what 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 would you tell people so
0: two ideas that come to mind so the ebook that i wrote are is literally explaining exactly that so if anybody is interested and wants to check that out uh, we'll leave you know information on that but um, you know, two of the easiest places to start, I think, are one is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing was um, being more mindful around my dogs, not meditating, but just being mindful of them. So a mindfulness walk is a great start. So as you're walking your dog, just be mindful of your dog, not of everything else that's going around, not of your phone, not of even how you feel, just be mindful of your dog and watch your dog's behavior. Watch when they want to stop and smell something. Let go of the idea that you have to hit a certain time limit or you have to, you know, reach, you know, reach a certain distance. Let go of that. See where your dog wants to go. And just be present with your dog. And just be open to kind of observing your dog in a way that you maybe have never observed them before and seeing what happens, seeing what comes up, seeing what you, you know, what ahas happen and taking note of those, you know, recognizing them. And then that might lead you down a path of wanting to observe more and understand more because you might see some behaviors in your dog that you never noticed before because you weren't being mindful of them because we had this preconceived notion of what a dog walk should be, you know? So a mindfulness walk is a great place to start. Um, I also would recommend um, let's do it. (laughs) I'm going to recommend earthing um, or grounding, which is, you know, I, I said before that wild animals don't need prescriptions. Wild animals don't, you know, suffer from anxiety like our dogs do, you know, wolves aren't running around with anxiety and, um, you know, depression, and they're not needing pills from their vets. They're in touch with, native ions that come through the earth which provide our bodies all of our bodies animal bodies all animal bodies including ours with a balance of energy and we are lacking that but our dogs are lacking that too so your dog actually needs to be touching the ground for at least 30 minutes a day um, preferably more if you can paw pads on the ground concrete can work if there's nothing underneath it but ideally grass dirt rocks, um, you know, let them have that contact with the ground that they used to have, that we all used to have, to bring their bodies energetically back into balance and allow their bodies a better chance to heal themselves, basically, from whatever's going on.
1: Yeah. And that might be, you know, grounding or earthing might be a new term that people haven't heard of. So I'm going to, maybe I should do an episode on this in the future because it's, it's, it's a really interesting concept is that, you know, just like Jennifer was talking about, right. I mean, there's, there's, there's energy, you can call it electricity, energy, ions, whatever, but there is energy in everything around us. Right. And, and for millions or billions of years, we all walked around pretty much barefoot (laughs) so for for you know or or very little right and so for the most part the energy could pass through and it can pass through what i call natural materials right so obviously if you're barefoot uh-huh. if you're wearing cotton socks you know it, the energy can still go through that now the problem is most of us wear plastic shoes now if, right. if you're familiar with electricity and electricity in your house, there's a reason why they wrap the wires in plastic, because the electricity can't go through the plastic. But if you look down at what you're wearing on your feet all day, it's plastic, right? So that's why when people talk about hugging a tree or sitting on the grass or, you know, gardening and just actually, you know, having your fingers in the dirt, mm-hmm. Right. Those are opportunities for us as humans, just like your dogs, to be able to actually ground and allow some of that energy to flow back and forth from our bodies to Mm -hmm. the earth, from the earth to us as well. That ends up, you know, kind of help helping us out. There's plenty of stuff online about it. Some of of it's kind of hokey and BS, but um, there's actual science behind it a lot of this stuff as well there is
0: science behind it yeah and it's a very simple practice too it's literally just you know it's touching the earth yeah and you know for 30 minutes if you can more if you can make it but even you know just even putting toes in the water um it's just a simple practice that will create a better energy flow in your body and in your dog's body and it's it's really essential for all of our bodies to have that so it's a very simple practice, but there's definitely science behind it. There's more you can go into it. Um, but just, you know, taking that time to make sure that your dogs have paws on the ground, uh, you know, for as much time as they can a day.
1: Well, like you said, 30 minutes, probably a good, uh, good ballpark. It's a good place to start. Great place to start. Yeah. Good place to start. But any anything is better. Because we than... all.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love that idea that. Um baby steps, you know, nothing that I ever did in this whole journey was perfect, but I just took tiny little baby steps and I just kept adding on, you know. And in the times where I thought that I did have to be perfect with it, um, I held myself back for months and years. Uh dog food is a good example, that's a whole nother episode. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I held myself back from even taking the tiniest step, but even the tiniest step always made an improvement. So that's where I live from now is, you know, baby steps, just as much as you can do and don't be, don't need to be an expert, don't need to be perfect at it. But even if you can, you know, get your dog outside for a little bit more and you go with them, you probably both so, so win, win, right? You it.
1: get the, you get the 30 minute walk, win, win, 30 minute, minute walk yep. as well. Right. So, yeah, yep, healing all, all be- around. This has been great, Jennifer, and and I know you know you made reference, and we'll make sure and add in the show notes that uh, I think you call it the five ways to make your dog healthier and happier, so people yeah. can can find that. How's how's the best place for people to reach out to you? I know we'll put the the exact uh, in the show notes, but if if people are like, man, because I will tell you, everybody who's listening, Jennifer knows about dogs; she knows more about dogs <laughs> than anybody that I know, right? And so, um, if you're interested you got lots of stuff out there too. But how, how how's the best place for people to 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 reach out to you?
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's at dogkind.com. It's like humankind, but dogkind, that's what we're all about. And on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at I am dogkind.
1: I am. Dogkind. All right. Got it. So we can put it in the notes there. But thank you my friend for coming on Thank you. There's lots of other stuff that we can be talking about too, but uh, I feel
0: like we could talk for days. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. We can talk. We can talk for days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know we can talk for days actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. I literally know we can, um, yeah. any, any, any final things that you want to want to leave with people before we sign off for the day?
0: No, I just, um, you know, again, just any little stuff that you can take and, to get out in nature, or to see your dog mindfully, or to to recognize that energy that's flowing between the two of you, um, I think will be a step toward making a better life for both of you. Because they're just so we're so intricately intertwined with our dogs um, in in a way that no other animal does with us. So you know, any little step can be. A great step in the right direction,
1: perfect, 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 perfect. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm sure, like thank said, you, we've got lots of other stuff to talk about, so I'm sure we'll have you back as well. So, sounds good. Everybody, go out this week, do what you can to uh, you know, just start trying to connect a little bit more to nature. Any little step, um, will make a difference. And you know, again, not everybody's the same. Some people are drawn to dogs. Some people are drawn to cats. Some people are drawn to gardening. Some people are drawn to whatever, right? Swimming. But just start trying some little things and see, just like Jennifer did in her, her, her example, right? Hey, this actually makes me feel good. I'm going to do a little more of that, right? So find those things that make you feel a little bit better and just start doing a little bit more of those and just keep getting feeling better and better and better and better. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations